When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast as we march our way towards WrestleMania. Joining me right now is my co-host, Chad Cruz. Chad, are you ready to get rowdy? I'm certainly ready to get rowdy, and that was a very clever uh, usage of words when you said March, because it's March now. That's right, and all March long on the Bulletproof Podcast, we are going to be talking about wrestlers turned action stars. But joining us for this discussion... He is back. He is RTG, the real Todd Gaines. RTG, welcome back. Hey, guys. Chad, Chris, great to be back on the show. Before we get into this episode, Chad, I wanted to talk about our Perfect Weapon episode uh, from just a couple uh, shows ago. One of the most listened to episodes of the Bulletproof podcast of them all. And I think we kind of had a little inside information on that because the perfect weapon has done well for us on, on multiple platforms. Yeah. We seem to always come back to Jeff Speakman's, uh, his greatest film, if you ask me. And we've, we've done it. We've done it in, in review form with the website, with bulletproofaction.com. We've done it multiple times with videos on the Bulletproof Media YouTube page. And it seemed only fitting that we do it in a podcast form. So it, it seems to work out well for us. I don't know what else we're going to do. Maybe um, we'll have to do like a, uh, live action uh reshot uh, shot for shot of the film and yeah, well maybe and, and i don't know that we're there yet but one day you know i'll we, be the chick from uh what law and order i'll be her character yeah the, she was stealing money <laughs> stealing money on that just that film there. she did nothing she did absolutely nothing in that film but uh i digress uh rtg i know you you probably are a big perfect weapon fan as well um but the movie, the guy we're discussing here today kind of is similar to Jeff Speakman in that Roddy Piper, when you think about Roddy Piper, they live much like Perfect Weapon overshadows everything Jeff Speakman ever did. They live yeah. pretty much overshadows all the other movies that Roddy Piper ever did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I told that story that little RTG tried to go see uh, They Live for his first R-rated movie. It didn't quite work. I remember being really excited for They Live. But here's the thing about old Rowdy Rowdy Pipers. He's actually been in a lot of movies. He was in a was in our Body Slam. It was like, I think, his first one. Yep. And then this one was technically probably released before They Live, I think. It and was, And then he had yeah. a lot of good movies in the 90s. Uh, straight action DVD with Billy Blank, stuff like that. And it's kind of fitting, Chad, that we cover Roddy Piper on our first March to WrestleMania episode because really Piper was the first guy to be a star of a film. You know, other guys had been yeah. in, in, in supporting roles like Hulk Hogan with Rocky Three, Andre the Giant and the Princess Bride. But Piper was the first guy to to be the star of a movie. 
Right. And, and you can see that. I mean, if you ask Roddy Piper, he'll tell you all about it, I'm sure. But for good reason, because he was the first one to do it, like you said. And, and, and there isn't, uh, there aren't, there's a short list of actors or of wrestlers who became actors in good films. You know, there's, there's plenty of them that have been in movies. Um, they make plenty of WWE movies that are, that are bad. Um, but as far as actors who've done good films, I mean, you could probably count on one hand and, you know, after you get past the rock and Roddy Piper, there's not a, there's a lot of argument there. So Piper, I mean, he, he was kind of paving the way for all these guys to come, uh, not even five years later, but you know, 15, 20 years later. So he was doing it way before anybody else was. If you look at Roddy Piper's casting, look who cast him, John Carpenter. Look at some of Carpenter's films. You know, look at uh, Sold on Precinct 13, like Austin Stoker and Darwin Johnston. You know, look at other other films Carpenter did, like The Prince of Darkness, giving like huge leads to like Jameson Parker or, or Dennis Dunn or even uh, Big Trouble in Little China with uh, Dennis Dunn as well. So like mm-hmm. Piper was, you know, he fits this category of Carpenter giving actors chances that mainly in other films would not get the chance to be a star. So that's props to Carpenter for casting Piper in such a huge role and they live. He always seemed to me to be a better, like a, a better, uh, more uh, wealthy version of Roger Corman. Um, Cause he would cast pretty much anybody in a film. Uh, and he had a certain like number of, of actors that he would use all the time. And that's kind of what Carpenter did. He would always, you know, he would always find the place for Kurt Russell. It seemed like, um, and Keith David, but he, he, I think he really looked at chemistry. And when you go back to chemistry, it, you can't have chemistry with other people on screen unless you have a good amount of charisma. And Roddy Piper always had charisma, no matter what he was doing. Yes, yes, he did. And another reason I think it's great that we're talking about Piper here on this first episode is. I mean, without Roddy Piper, there would be no WrestleMania season, if you really think about it. He was the, the straw that was stirring the drink back in 1985, going after Cindy Lauper and the whole rock and wrestling connection, and uh, which forced Mr. T to come out of the crowd and, and defend her honor, which led to the whole big first main event at WrestleMania 1, which was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T against Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And again, Without Piper, we may not have had uh, the WrestleMania may not have been the success that it was and become this this huge thing that it is still to this day, Chad. Yeah, and before people could talk on the microphone really well and push pay per view after pay per view every single month, it feels like it's every week now. Every single month, Roddy Piper was doing it. Just every time you handed him a microphone, he was pushing something, and it, it was kind of only a matter of time before. You handed him a script and and let him say that in front of a, a, a real film camera. Absolutely. What was uh, Piper doing? Uh, 90, 87, 88. Uh, my wrestling uh, trivia right now is: was he a was was well, he a heel or was he taking a break or was he a face? He had so at WrestleMania two, he took on Mister T uh, in a boxing match, which was something of a debacle, but still a very high profile match for Piper. Then after that, he took a break. And when he came back, he had, he turned babyface because uh, adorable Adrian Adonis had taken over his spot with, you know, Piper had the Piper's pit thing. Adrian Adonis had the whole flower shop thing. 
and took Piper's time slot basically. And they kind of fought over that. And then at WrestleMania three Piper and Adonis fought in, and it was Piper's retirement match. And after that's when he was going to go to Hollywood, which he did of course by WrestleMania five, he was back, but we won't mention that right Right. now. We're just going to talk about the fact that he did retire at WrestleMania three for his film career. Um, and actually John Carpenter was at the, the silver dome in Pontiac, Michigan to watch WrestleMania three and, and watch Roddy Piper. So oh. how, how long after that did, uh, Adrian Adonis die? I think the very next oh, year wow. yeah. for me, was it 89, maybe 88 or 89. Yep. He died. I believe it was on 4th of July and in a, in a yeah, accident. My, my uncle used to always tease me. My uncle was big into wrestling, got me into wrestling. When I was a little that Adrian Adonis was my favorite wrestler, but he wasn't, but. He used to tease the <laughs> he used to tease the hell out of me about it. So uh, he may have been, and and it's all right if he was. That it, it's all good. Uh, but before, <laughs> as you mentioned, RTG, before Piper got to his definitive role in They Live, he got to this movie that we're going to be talking about. Hell comes to Frogtown. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call this one a great movie, Chad Cruz, but it's certainly no. a unique movie. It's unique. It's entertaining. It, uh, you know, so often you see people talk about movies that are so bad, they're good. And I don't know if hell comes to Frogtown is so bad that it's good. It's certainly bad. It's bad. It's not like, yeah, it's not, it's not the Godfather. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I wouldn't even go on, go so far as to say it's so bad. It's good. I just think it's so bad, but it's enjoyable to watch. And I think it's enjoyable for, uh, for several reasons and we'll get to them as we go on with the show, but but the the first part is is that it's just so freaking weird. Yeah, uh, I mean, not there's never been anything like it before or since that I've seen anyway. Thankfully, <laughs> right. So one of a kind. Yeah, and Hell Comes to Frogtown. It's a post apocalyptic film, which of course they were very popular in the '80s and continue to be. But uh, the the world is basically you got humans and you got greeners, um, and they don't get along, but. There's two other guys. There's two humans who aren't getting along when the movie starts off. And that's Captain Devlin and Sam Hell, who is Roddy Roddy Piper. But Captain Devlin, a very familiar face to us, Chad Cruz. Yeah, played by William Smith, who is a a legendary actor, a legendary man, uh, one of the manliest of men's. He he plays this, this, uh, is he in the military or is he, I I thought he was like a sheriff. Possibly. Is he a sheriff? I don't know, whatever. He's a, he's a law enforcement, uh, personality who, uh, has Sam hell, um, in custody. Right. So he has found out that Sam hell, who is a fertile man in a world with very few fertile men, um, has impregnated his daughter, his, his lovely, innocent daughter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, William Smith is basically going to kill his ass. And, uh, Sam hell is in a position where he'll pretty much accept any type of, (laughs) any type of help that he can get, I think. So RTG, then we get two med tech employees who show up and they basically save the day for Sam hell, uh, and and present him with a rather interesting scenario. Yeah. Um, Sam's carrying his, his loaded weapon, right? Chad. And that's his, that's his dangling, right? Yeah. That's the, that's what I, that's what I assume based on all the looking at yeah, they, cause they were, they were staring hard because he's probably the only man on this planet because I guess we had, remember a nuclear war. So all these bombs were dropped and everybody's, I guess were are shooting blanks. 
And not only are people shooting blanks, but a lot of women too are unable to give birth. So what do we have to do? We have to repopulate and somehow we can tell who is fertile and who's not fertile. And we also know that Sam Hill is the most fertile man in all the land. He's the most fertile man in all the land. Yes. So his new job is to impregnate as many women as possible to help save the world. Because what happens if everybody dies off? If we don't reproduce, uh, our world dies. And there's a special mission that Sam's going to go on. He's going to sign up to, you know, Uncle Sam or Uncle, yeah. Yeah, Uncle Sam is going to work for Sam. Sam Hill's going to work for Uncle Sam if Uncle Sam's still around in this post-apocalyptic universe. But he has a job. He's going to impregnate women because he is the best. He's the excellence of execution when it comes to impregnating women. And so, yeah, Sam gets that job. Devlin gets a new job at, at the at the Border Patrol station. And uh, the, the big thing here, Chad, is if Sam does this job, which obviously a lot of guys, I think, would volunteer for this this assignment. Yeah, I think so. It, it, that, that alone is a great thing. But in addition to that, his record will be clean. Yeah, and we're not really sure what his record is. Um, they, I, I, they say several times throughout the film that uh, he was a part of the war in some fashion. But uh, is it, does his record, is it just banging It's It's daughter? banging Bill, Mr. Bill Smith's daughter. Because if you remember, the one nurse was like, she changed her story. Because I think what happened was she ran to her dad and was like, Dad, uh, Sam Hill violated me. Because when uh, Bill Smith found out. But then... It probably wasn't. It was one of those he said, she said things. And they it was. I'm guessing it was consensual because Sam Hill's a nice guy. So we're going to say that it was consensual. So then she changes her story. And Sam's record will be a sponge, I guess. I guess. I mean, I'm just guessing. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I mean, this is 1987. So maybe I'm overthinking things. Not to get off topic here, but I, I really think that the, the we talked about the casting of Roddy Piper being such a great thing. But... I feel like if they had cast uh, former NFL player Antonio Cromartie, <laughs> who has 14 children already, like that would have been some uh, inspired casting because we know that guy's fertile. Yeah, uh, yeah. We don't have to be told that. I, I can tell you just by you know a simple Google search that this dude has 14 kids. Now, so. does uh, Sean Kemp have more kids than him? Years ago, it was Sean Kemp, former basketball player from the what uh, Supersonics, who who had who had like a foot a football team of kids. So Camardio had to be for the for the reboot because he was only two years old when yeah. this came out. So sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think he had hit hit his peak yet at at two. <laughs> uh, so another interesting aspect of this is uh, so he you know Sam signs up because who wouldn't. Uh, oh wait! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You could also maybe cast Philip Rivers as well. Philip Rivers, yes. I think, has two football teams worth of kids. That's a lot. So we've got Sam Hell. He signed up. Obviously, yes. it makes sense. He 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 wants to do this job because it's it's a good job. His record is clean. But what they don't tell him before he signs the paper is he has to wear this electronic pair of underwear, Chad. It's yeah. An ECR, and if he tries to take it off, it'll blow up. And, uh, you know, obviously you don't want that to, you don't want any kind of explosions anywhere on right. your body, but certainly not from the waist down. 
A lot of people are into some kinky shit. Exploding and, dick, Chad. But I don't know anyone who's into explosives. Yeah, explosives on their on their PP. But he has this chastity belt, this like, you know, like you said, like this uh, electronic uh, metal chastity belt that has a little flap on it. They mentioned the flap multiple times because I think that's the, the way he's going to use his, his uh, member. Right. But yeah, it's an odd contraption and it doesn't look comfortable, but... You know, he wears it for most of the film. So sorry. Sorry about your luck. So before uh, Sam and Spangle go out on this mission, we see a, a TV screen and with uh, kind of the briefing officer. And did you recognize this uh, this lady? RPG? I did. That was uh, Lee Garlington. And I think our buddies listening all over the United States and worldwide will recognize her as Nancy Stock from Cobra. Cobra. I never liked that bitch. She, that that's a great line in that movie, but yeah, she is horrible in that film. What a horrible human being. And, and I'm, you know, when she gets hers, it's a wonderful time, but yeah, she pops in there. And then Chad, we meet uh Sentinella, another uh, lovely young lady who will be accompanying Sam hell on this trip. She's basically the driver and the gunner uh, for this pink truck. And it's got a yeah. big gun on it. And it's a, it's another unique aspect of this film. It's a very random and unique aspect of this film. They, you know, they, um, Sam Hell's going on this mission with these guys. He's, he's not going, you know, he's, he's going against his will for the most part. Like he, he wants to have his, his record wiped clean, but he's also being told to, to do this thing. And he's being told to wear this thing around his stuff. And so they put him in this pink, uh, truck of some kind with a machine gun mounted at the top, which is pretty sweet looking. And, Pretty much throughout the next 20 minutes of the film, as they're making their way towards Frogtown, uh, he's kind of having to fight off women with a stick. And by women, I mean Spangles, like seductively dancing around him, flaunting her shit. And then Sentinella is uh, sexually assaulting him. <laughs> right. right. Their, their first night, their first night uh, camping out is a uh, very, you know, she's trying to get him to pitch another kind of tent uh, yes. at, at the campsite there. But before we get to that, you know, they go, they're, they're going to Frogtown because they find out the, the commander, Toadie, who's the head of Frogtown, has found some fertile women and he's holding them hostage. So that that's the whole plan. But they have to pass through the border patrol station. And wouldn't you know, mm. it is the same border patrol station that our good friend, William Smith, Captain Devlin, has been assigned to. And he gives them a little flack, but eventually does let them go through. Yeah, and there's and that's a good warning to the audience right when you see big bill smith at the beginning you know there's big big bill smith then you see him again at the, the whatever border crossing it's it's obvious uh bill smith's role is not done with this movie right i mean right yeah he didn't just have that quick little cameo to, to kick things off and then we weren't going to see him again all right so yeah then chad as you talked about you know and, and spangle does the little dance saying that that will promote his potency um, because, you know, she wants to keep those swimmers somewhat active and at the ready. It's like a, she's like trying to give them blue balls. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then Sentinella, she wants, you know, cause Sam hell has a reputation and Sentinella wants to find out for herself if that's true. Wait a minute. Did any, any of y'all get a, like a Vasquez from aliens vibe with, with Sentinella, you know, kind of like that badass babe with, uh. I think it, I think that the tough chick thing was in, I think it was around. Um, 
And uh, you do get a little bit of a vibe like that, like you were saying with Vasquez, but she, and she had like the short cut that was like slick back and she was always jumping up on that machine gun and she's driving, she's the one driving the truck and she talks tough. So there's certainly an element of that. I, w- I wouldn't say that it's not, uh, but she also uh, pulls her tits out. So that's a little different. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, Chad actually took care of the nude scene today. Hey man, thanks. <laughs> You're what, my pleasure. She, Spangles dancing all sexy and uh, and turning Sam on, you know, with not going to follow through on anything, of course. And then Sentinella sneaks into his sleeping bag, and uh, you actually get the the sound of of her kind of uh, searching down with her hand and finding the little flap on his. Yeah, she uh, flips his flap. His flap, yeah, his flippity flap. And yeah, and, and then Spangle comes out with 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 the great line: "You're out of." Out of uniform, Corporal. Yes. Very be- by the book is Spangle at this point. But the the the, the one thing we're forgetting too is uh, Spangle's uh, earrings that pretty much fry Roddy's dick. You know, every time she touches him. <laughs> I mean that, that man that, that man's that man's nuts are squeezed hard, man. That's a poor guy. Which you think has to be counterintuitive to what her her dancing is doing. Her dancing is like getting getting his fertility, you know, getting his, uh, his engine revving, but the, the zapping of the testicles has got to be the opposite. Yeah. A very interesting pair of, of, of earrings for sure. Some, uh, somebody was high, man, when they wrote this and we haven't even seen a frog first yet. Wait a minute. We're, we're skipping, we're skipping the part with the girl. Right. Before we get into that. Yeah. One of the, uh, hostages from Frogtown has managed to escape and, uh, she ends up in the custody of Spangle and uh, well, it's time. It is time for Sam Hell, Chad Cruz to get to work. Yeah. And he's, he's not into it. You know what I mean? It takes him a little goading to get to that point. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's, if, if it's just Sam Hell, the character that he's, he's not the kind of guy who's going to take advantage of women. And I, I think that that's the way it's supposed to be because Throughout the film, he always seems to be the good guy, um, which makes you believe that William Smith's daughter is a lion whore. But <laughs> I, he has he has trouble performing. Um, but the next morning, we do uh, we do learn some more about his relationship with this this uh, runaway girl. But and also, I don't think that they even did anything. I think he just pretended. Because, you know, because they gave her that injection to to make her go from, you know, scared shitless to horny as hell. So they pretty much gave her a date rape drug. And then she wanted Roddy to do whatever. And then the next morning, you know, they they hug or whatever. But I honestly almost think that he, I don't think he did the deed. I really don't. I was going to say the way that she acted toward him, I would agree with you and say that he was what she needed at that moment. But then again, like you said, she also got roofied and it's hard to say what happened, you know? And if, if we're to believe that Sam hell is this uh, legendary lover, then maybe he did bang her. So now we get to the next day uh, and Spangle decides the, the, you know, this is a pretty ingenious plan. She's got the whole thing figured out. She's going to pose as a, a prisoner for Sam so he can walk right into Frogtown without any questions asked. He's just going to, he's trying to sell this woman off to, to commander Toadie. Um, and they get there and the first place they go 
the Frogtown Saloon, Chad Cruz. Yeah, and I like how all of Spangle's plans revolve or involve her stripping down and wearing some like sexy lingerie. Yes. <laughs> She's great. I mean, she has great plans. I love them. Uh, but yeah, they, they go to the, the Frogtown Saloon and it is wild. It is, uh, it is exactly what you would think that you would see in a movie called hell comes to Frogtown. There's like, you know, strippers dancing and people, uh, kind of hanging out and, and weird post-apocalyptic, uh, garb. Uh, there's a frog lady hanging around and they meet, uh, Sam's old buddy, Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes, Rory Calhoun. Yeah. And didn't like, did this sequence to you guys have almost a return of the Jedi, like princess Leia, uh, vibe to it just a little bit or whatever. With the the jobs. Yeah. Without it kind of like dragging around by the neck. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. And that's and like the people almost like in what's what's that place? Moss Ely, uh, we need what, yeah, wherever, wherever from, Ryan we we need yeah, Ryan that, right now for this yeah. uh, Star Wars moment. But I I definitely got that uh, Star Wars vibe. At least Return of the Jedi that that whole area would be somewhere maybe Jabba the Hutt would have hung out at. Yeah, and and the whole reason for them to go there was because that Spangle had like a had a plant there or whatever, a spy there who was supposed to, to make themselves known and, and help them out. Absolutely. Um, and you, you mentioned the, the contact, the, the person on the inside, and you mentioned the frog lady dancer. Well, they're one in the same Chad and, and her name is Arabella. Um, and, and we find out she is indeed the mole. Uh, but Looney Tunes introduces uh, Sam to the proprietor of this saloon, Leroy. And Leroy is very interested in uh, purchasing uh, Spangle to be his new dancer. Um, and he also mentions, though, the right-hand man to Commander Toady, a guy named Bull. He, well, not really a guy. He's a frogman. And he has an eye patch. And he is played by none other than that piece of shit, Nicholas Worth. Now, I've talked about this on our Action Jackson podcast, but when Cartier, who was also played by that piece of shit, Nicholas Worth, gets crushed by the car. It is one of the greatest moments in cinematic histories. And these guys are all wearing fucking frog costumes, guys. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? I mean, these are all lizards and frogs. And, I, I, and dude, they they killed the poor girl that, you know, that says I love you. I mean, making her wear that that outfit. What's what's her name? Um Christy Summers, man. If you ever seen uh that movie Tomboy with uh She's great in Tomboy. Tomboy with, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Betsy Russell. She's like the second, she's the second girl. She's like the, the best friend. She gets naked through the whole movie. She's hot as hell. And it's like a freaking waste. They they waste her in this, man, by making her wear a fucking frog outfit, man. What the hell? You know, what's more upsetting to me is the missed opportunities. Because, you know, you've got this uh, this frog stripper running around who's actually like a, a mole for the new what's med the new tech, government yeah. yeah med tech or whatever that new government shit is um and her name is arabella uh i don't know for certain i don't know for sure that arabella isn't a species of frog but the other the bad guy's name is commander toady right like why wouldn't she have a frog name she could have been horny toad there you go that's perfect so they could have called her that, that would have made more sense than than arabella now 
Arabella could be a frog species, but I have no idea. But yeah, she's definitely a horny toad. So yeah, she. Uh, so Bull shows up because he's he reminds Leroy no private deals. You know you can't be buying. You know that's a Commander Toady thing. Uh, so they shut down the saloon. Arabella, she she takes Sam away, and that's where yeah we have her little where she she lives up to her horny toad moniker there that we've given her. Uh, but Sam wants her to put a bag over her head, which. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this, I can understand that, dude. This this is like so degrading, and it's yeah. He was gonna yeah. do it though, and, and she was so willing to do it too. That's that's. I mean, yeah. she was. I mean, this is degrading for nineteen eighty six, eighty seven. I mean, even I mean today, this movie would be banned, but definitely. And I mean, it's it's, but it's hilarious. I mean, it's awful. But it's hilarious. I mean, how many movies have we? I mean, like you said, how unique this film is. How many films have we seen when the girl willingly just puts a bag over her head so she can fuck the guy? I mean, come on. I mean, I really, I really can't think. I mean, she is one horny toad, man. Yeah, it all goes out the window when they're part frog. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> mutated frog. It goes ribbit, you know. Just oh my goodness, this movie. Like, what were they thinking? Yeah, thankfully the the hot uh, uh, Sentinella shows up in the truck, you know, does the the horn gimmick, <laughs> and uh, he realizes that it's time to go, and he gets the hell out of there. Well, no, it's it's not uh, that; it's his uh, the proximity. He, oh, the pro- a, yeah, that's what it was. He's his away dick, from uh, Spangle. He's too far away from Spangle, so his underwear is right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, imagine if you think your dick's about to explode. I mean, that's I mean, this poor man. He's he's. He's I've gone been there. Right. And not in the good way. <laughs> you think hey, about have you guys ever heard use the term what the Sam Hell's going on? I mean, I, I I've used that term my whole life. Did it come from this movie or or is or is is, is that just me? Isn't it, isn't it Sam isn't it Sam Hill? Oh, well, okay. So that must be it. I mean, I've must have re misused it my whole life. I've used like what the Sam Hell is going on. Is Sam Hill. The fact they don't say that in this movie pisses me off. They could that's a perfect opportunity. Like someone could have said, What in Sam Hill? And he could have corrected them and be like, It's it's Sam Hell, actually. And they'd be like, What are you talking about? Maybe with the Camardi yeah, uh, reboot, you can Camardi Camardi <laughs> Let's go. So yeah, he's too far from Spangle, so he's he's gotta find her. But fortunately, Arabella knows all the little shortcuts in Frogtown. He does come upon where uh where Spangle is, but he also sees an arms deal going on with a mysterious mass man named Count Sodom. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the mask is uh, is one thing, but the voice it's it's real hard to, even though they distort yeah. it somewhat. That voice is pretty distinctive, Jay Cruz. Yeah, I mean, if you don't get who this is at this point, he might as well just be wearing a name tag that says William Smith on it. Or Dev, Captain Devlin, but uh, yeah, he uh, he didn't even have gills. Well, he had a mask on, you know, and they they were trying to pretend he had like gloves that made him look like a frog. Um, yeah, it was kind of dumb. But he's talking, he's delivering weapons to Commander Toady. So I don't know what your expectations are of a movie that the main, <laughs> you know, one of the main villains is dressed like a freaking uh, uh, gas mask wearing uh, sodomite. And the other one is Commander Toady from Star Fox. <laughs> Who do you think the 
did the costume designer and the screenwriter had they worked since this film? You know how they they always talk about the movie Cyborg was like that was going to be Masters Universe two and Spider Man you know, yeah. with canon, and so they just got all the leftovers. I feel like this movie got the leftovers from Cyborg. What they didn't use, for, <laughs> even though I think yeah. Cyborg actually happened after this, so that's quite oh, the shit. trick. So. That's- weird how's that works uh some time travel going on there so yeah what happens though now is sam kind of falls falls from his little perch that he's spying on him he he crashes into the uh crate full of weapons um and at this point he's he's captured and spangle is taken to meet the harem of women that uh and they kind of prepare her for what's to come Now, look, now look, look, I was very disappointed in this scene because we've only had one nude scene so far in this film, and we could have had about seven naked women. Instead, we have, like, some dance for the, <laughs> you're like, what'd you call it? What's the three-headed snake, right? Dance of the three snakes. The yeah. three snakes, and whom I wonder what those three snakes are going to be. Ha, ha, ha. But, man, I mean, they had such potential in this scene. This scene could have really saved this movie, helped this movie with a lot of quality of eye candy. Instead, it's just some, like, chanting. And, and you got to remember, too, these, these, these harems, they're uh, passives. They're all these, like, these passive w- um, women who don't believe in violence or anything. So they're just going to sit there and be sex slaves to a fucking toad with three dicks. What the hell? I think it's, I think it's a good learning moment. It's a good lesson. If you're, uh, if you're passive and you, you don't understand that, uh, sometimes violence is the only answer, uh, sometimes that you have to kind of man up and, and, and fight it out that you will turn into a sex slave for a, a frog person with three dicks. Lesson learned. Thank you. Yep. Hell comes to frog town. Write it down. So while, uh, Spangle's learning the, how to walk like an Egyptian or whatever they're showing her. <laughs> Uh, Sam is tied up oh, Lord. and a bull is going to take off that ECR, even though Sam's like, saying, do not do that. It's going to blow up. Sam or bull doesn't care, but fortunately his chainsaw runs out of gas. So it buys Sam a little bit of time, but sure enough, bull comes right back, cuts the thing off. He, he's basically like, do you think they would really, uh, put an explosive here on the only fertile man in in the world. And so he's, yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. And next thing you know, (laughs) the thing blows up in his face. Wonderful moment. Uh, But it doesn't kill him because he still manages to do one more dastardly deed. Chad Cruz. Yeah. It's a real shame. That scene really doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) This whole movie's stupid, of course, but but the fact that he, he's got this chainsaw, and I started to believe Bull. He's like, why would they put an explosive on the one thing right. they need from you? And I was like, you're right, Bull. You're a frog, but I, you're right. Uh, and then he cuts it off, and then it blows up in his face. But he ran out of gas. Okay, what was the whole point of that? He ran out of gas. Yeah, what he, was the point of that? It's yeah, not you like, would have thought, was that, it was, maybe it was just a swerve, bro. But yeah, you would have thought that Sam was like trying to escape during that time that he was like getting the fuel. But nothing happened. It was just like... It was just for laughs kind of thing, <laughs> but it just fell flat. So he gets fuel, he cuts the thing off, and then it blows up in his face. Um, but but he's still, he already has only one eye, uh, but he's still able to uh, move his stupid frog face uh, around enough to, to stab uh, uh, yeah. a horny toad right and in the chest. And she, she just dies. And it's just, 
she doesn't even get a good death. <laughs> just, just, no, no. Well, there's no. nothing good about her her work in this film. <laughs> She's gone, but fortunately, Sam Im- almost immediately avenges her death. He does, and, and we get rid of Bull. Uh, now Spangle has been called in to Commander Toady's little room, throne room, perhaps, or bedroom, or wherever he's at. And uh, he basically says, dance or die. So she starts doing the dance of the three snakes. And then as uh, RTG pointed out, spoiler alert, a little bit ago, those three snakes uh, are his three, he has three penises. Is I don't know. They I feel like they should have shown him, but that's also <laughs> kind of weird. But yeah. that's how I felt. Like, I'm now I want to see, you know, now right. I want to see what's happening down there. Could you imagine when he was like younger? And say, hey. Yeah, yeah, tadpole. when he's a tadpole, talking to the tadpole, it's, hey, you want to come over and see my three dicks? And they were like, you don't have three dicks? And he's like, come on, baby, I'll show you. Leap over to my pad. Well, <laughs> it could have been a mutation thing, right? Because right. oh. Did he always have three? Or was it the radiation? Yeah, I still don't understand this whole, like, there are frog people. Uh, were they frogs or were they people that... They, they had to morph somehow. But we don't know how they morphed. I don't know. No one. Yeah. At this point, who cares? Uh, but but you're you're totally right, RTG. This this scene also should have had yes. You know that TNA that a movie like this needs to to stay. And this 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 movie needed to follow the Corman formula of me having about three yeah. nude scenes, like like middle. I mean, beginning, middle, kind of in one with the lead, one with the supporting character to kind of make you think that there's more nudity in this film because there's only, like I said, only one scene and there's so much potential they could have had. So that's that's definitely a strike against this film because there was some scenes that could have been pretty sexy, you know, that uh, that I might have rewound a couple times. But but the fr- yeah, yeah, the, the frog seduction being definitely number one. And that same stripper at the beginning, I mean, that stripper frog horny toad I mean, she was dancing and she was almost naked for a frog, but that doesn't count in my book. <laughs> what if she was almost naked as a frog and then Sam Hell kissed her and she became her? You uh, see, that's self. what I was hoping, even though I knew it wasn't going to happen because she's hot. And I mean, I mean, she's an attractive right. lady. And I was hoping they would, you know, somehow magically let people see what she really looks like. But no. Right. Instead, he put a bag over her head. But she's dead now. So she's dead now. Rest in peace, Arabella. Uh, so the three snakes are are exposed to to Spangle only, and she decides to kick all three of them. Um, and we really see that Spangle can definitely handle herself at this point yeah. in the film. Uh, Sam Hell comes in with guns ablazing, but he's like, "Do you even need me?" Basically, uh, at that point, right? He's got the double shotguns rocking, which really isn't efficient, but either way it looks cool. So he, he starts blowing away all these like partially makeup frog guys. Um, and then, uh, runs off with Spangle, uh, kind of just kind of following her because she seems to know what the hell she's doing. Yeah. Her, her plan is coming together to perfection at this point, as they go and free the, the harem of these, these pacifists who obviously are going to be of no use to them as they try to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Only what about 10 minutes before this did really any action scenes really occur in this film. I mean, for the first, what 30, 35, even 
there really was not a lot of, you know, you would think there would be a lot of killing, shooting, fighting, but we don't yeah. get it till, till here. I mean, really. And that's kind of right. like, what yeah. were they doing the whole time before this? <laughs> it was pretty much, they were just wasting time. World building, I think world, they'd call it. Yeah, world building. There you go. Yeah, they call it that, but they're not really, there's more questions than answers in this film. There really it's is. It's like they and tried the, too hard. Looney, Looney is at least helpful. Oh, here yeah. he, he sends the signal to our, our girl, Sentinella. Yeah. Uh, so she, she can show up. Uh, and she shows up with a great line. Uh, you boys are going to eat dirt or lead. And, uh, you know, again, just that just backs up her, her Vasquez-ness. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's my favorite character in the film. I really do. Yeah, easily. And she she seems to be the only one who, A, you know, she she has a job, <laughs> which whatever, military, I don't know, med tech. She was a med tech uh, security or something. But she, like, takes it seriously to the point where she's, at no point does she ever question what's happening. She just kind of does her job um, and she does it well. She's always the, the one like pushing the action. Like uh, several times, she's just like the only one not freaking out and shooting a machine gun at people. So yeah, she's easily my favorite character. Hopefully we, we, we should get a spinoff of just her. I would watch it. It might be too late, guys. I think so. Uh, but anyway, everybody, you know, she shows up at the truck. Everybody loads in. Unfortunately, Looney was... Uh, was hit somewhere along the way there. But, but with with Looney man, look what, what a death. The dude's like 99,000 yeah. yeah. years old and he's got like five, six yeah. very nice looking women. He died in the arms of like, I mean, that's like the way to go, man. Go old as hell, you know, looking at hot chicks. I mean, I, I can't think of a better way, man. Much better death <laughs> than Arabella's for yeah. sure. And another missed opportunity is the fact that at no point does any of these frog people use their tongue as a weapon. Mm. Uh, I'm going to guess that was a budgetary. <laughs> their tongue could have been long, so it was something they needed to reach, you know, far away, and they could have stuck up. Or they could grab a gun out of somebody's yeah, hand or, or like something. Yeah. You know, not you know, Commander Toadie and against you know choking a bitch with his tongue, like. Okay. All right. Uh, so now we get into the Mad Max portion of the film as uh, we get a little uh, vehicular mayhem as the, the pink truck pulls out. But uh, Commander Toady, he's not done. He's in hot pursuit. Um, but the, the chase kind of ends with uh, Count so- Sodom <laughs> and his oh. rocket launcher. And then the big reveal that. <laughs> no, no. But, but you know, you knew it because he didn't even try to hide the fact that he wasn't a fucking frog because you could see his human skin. How many frogs got like um, human skin? If you go back to the earlier scene with with Count Sodom, he has uh, little green hands though. He has got like little f- fake frog hands because I was looking for it this time when I watched it because I knew. It but was. he just has gloves on now, right? That's true. Yeah. It kind of looks like Sub Zero ready to fight. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he 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 pops up with his rocket launcher, you know, uh, threatening everyone with it. And his his main like point of anger is that women are calling the shots now. The boy would he hate twenty twenty one. Way ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, Sam. 
Sam Hell did him a favor by killing him off early yeah. because yeah, he really hate him. He, he hate the world now, but yeah. So he does that. He, he kind of does the classic. I'm a bad guy in a movie, so I'm going to tell you exactly yeah. what I've been doing and why. And so he's been trading the arms so he could have uranium, so he could build nukes and basically, I guess, renuke the world that's already been nuked, Makes so he no can sense. start all over again. Which, yeah, it doesn't... How's he going to survive? I don't know. It really doesn't matter. He because a gas mask, bro. <laughs> well, he does get, you know, he does get to live for a couple more minutes. Because he doesn't... He does that classic, villain's not really dead. You think the villain's dead, but they come back again. And and that, that lures Sam away from the girls. So they're off doing their thing. Yeah. And then when Sam returns... Here's another part that really made no sense. All right, the truck is destroyed, <laughs> but there's no bodies. Yes. There's absolutely no bodies. There's no blood. Right. But there's Sam. You know, you can obviously see that he thinks they're all gone. Like they just were eviscerated. Got I guess that's maybe that's why he. There's nothing. Yeah. No DNA. So left. much heat. There's just so much heat that it burned the body so quickly. Yeah. He got he got his chance to kind of emote a little bit, and it's luckily it's a very short amount of time uh, because uh, Commander Toady oh, returns. He does. And do you notice how when they fight? Piper's using some uh, like wrestling moves, like some moves like a heel would make. Like does he like poke Toadie in the eyes or something like that? The 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 classic Roddy Piper eye poke that he probably did in every match. And he would poke baby face or heel. He would yep. poke oh, yeah. in the eyes. It always pissed me off. But then he, he has his, his katana. Well, yeah, of course he does. Why wouldn't random why wouldn't you let yeah. the guy have a short katana? <laughs> so that becomes the deciding factor. Uh, in this because that katana comes in quite handy unless of course you're commander toady then you are katana. and so that gets rid of commander toady and then spangle is alive thank the god two go right back to their bickering but we find out about that thin line between love and hate and these let's two get it on make out He's in a pretty good position at the end of the film too, because you know his record's going to be uh, you know wiped clean, expunged, whatever, and he still has his uh, his work to do with the harem, which which he is going to follow through with. It appears. Well, yeah, it's, it's part of the. He signed a contract. Yeah, but on the side, he's going to continue to have Spangle as side piece. Yeah, yeah, side piece. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. I'm not gonna lie. It's a good deal indeed for Sam hell. And, uh, this was a, a, you know, movie I had not seen in quite a while, uh, and revisiting it, just, just really forgetting how batshit crazy <laughs> and just oddball. <laughs> like, again, like you said, RDG, who, what were they on when they conceived this idea? Uh, I don't know, but, uh, if you've never seen it, you owe it to yourself to watch it at least one time because it is so out there. Uh, and it's on Tubi, so it's free. Check it out. This is, you know, but this is this is a movie that has its charms. You know, Roddy Piper is he's fun. You know, I, I liked him as a, as a wrestler, so I enjoy him as an actor in most things. I think he always has charisma. He has some good one liners here and there. Um, I think his character is stupid uh, for the <laughs> most part. I think the script is stupid. I think most of the, everything in the movie is dumb. He's got a cool uh, mullet, though. His mullet is on fire. Oh, he's always had good I mean, hair. His, his, his hair. Know? I mean, he. I mean, this. I mean, he. His charm, and and the Vasquez clone, are the only reasons to watch this film. 
Yeah, if you're a Sandal Bergman fan, you'll probably enjoy it too. But it, it's weird. It's it's kind of a, I mean, it's a it's a purely stupid movie that to watch. But it's one of those movies that if you watch with friends or if you, you know if you haven't seen it in twenty years, you might pop it on one night and just listen to it and then be like, "What the hell was I watching?" Like, if you wanted to do some really good drugs, this would be a good <laughs> film to watch. I mean, I don't. I don't think I could recommend this movie to you stone cold sober, right? I mean, but what movie, which drugs would you recommend though? You were just talking about. Uh, it's probably just some coke. Oh okay. wow! Yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> Maybe you, you should lick a couple toes. Before you I don't. Yeah. Know. yeah. Someone look up if Arabella is a type of a species of frog or toad because I'm, I'm now I'm curious. I'm not going to do it myself. Well, maybe maybe one of our listeners will, will look that up, and they could tweet yes. us about uh, about if, is Arabella a type of frog, and you could tweet it to us at Bulletproof Pod, of course, at Bulletproof Action on Instagram and Facebook, if that's your social media of choice. Um, but before we wrap things up, you know, this one obviously we would suggest watching uh, under certain circumstances, but you know, Roddy Piper did have other movies other than they live. And I just wanted to, before we wrap up, maybe cover some of those, uh, Chad, I know, and, and RTG mentioned it earlier too. Uh, Piper had some good stuff with uh, Billy Blanks back in the day. Yeah. I always liked uh, tough and deadly. It was one of my favorite ones of his, um, back in action is a good one. I mean, he, he had some good films. I mean, it's, I say good in quotations. Um, He's always playing kind of the same character in all the movies, um, but especially the ones that Billy Blanks, I, th- I feel like they had good chemistry together. Billy was never the uh, the most charismatic guy on screen. So he would feed off of Roddy Piper and he would be the straight man to Roddy Piper's kind of loony guy. So it always worked really well with those two as a pairing. But, uh, but yeah, I, Tough and Dudley is probably the, the favorite one I can think of off the top of my head. And if you want to see something a little bit different from Piper too, when he actually plays a heel in uh, No Contest with uh, Shannon Tweed, it's a uh, diehard ripoff. He plays the second fiddle, like henchman guy to uh, Andrew Dice Clay. So he's nice. and he's, he's kind of like looks like he's kind of coked out in this role too. So, but he's probably just acting. Yeah, and well, maybe, <laughs> yes, uh, maybe at that point in in the eighties, I'm not so sure, but maybe by then he was acting. Uh, uh, one I like is a uh, Jungle Ground. And uh, it's kind of kind of takes a little bit of the most dangerous game escape from New York as he's running around uh, with this gang uh, of, you know, in a bad part of town, the jungle ground, if you will. Okay. Um, that, that's one I, that I did enjoy as well. So there are some good Piper movies out there other than they live. Right. Obviously, though, I don't think anything comes close to they live, but. You know, that's, I mean, that's I the mean, way it you, goes you could go and watch these ones from the nineties, the one that we talked about and be entertained as hell. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't say, Hey, watch hell comes to frog town and watch all these, but yeah, yeah. Watch these, these ones we mentioned. I mean, I mean, Piper, he's always going to entertain you. That's what he's, was, that's what he did his whole life was entertain. And usually he was the most entertaining person in the ring. I mean, how many matches did he carry? Almost every single one of them. He was a great worker and, I mean, he wasn't the greatest actor, but damn, he was he was charismatic, man. Right. He had he had a presence, and and that's a, a huge part, especially in the action. I, I have nothing bad to say about the guy. The guy is just, I mean, 
I think everybody, when we were kids, like he was one of the only heels that we probably kind of liked maybe a little bit. I mean, we didn't hate him. I don't think I didn't hate him. I don't think I did. I just thought he was kind of cool. As always, we want to encourage everybody to check out bulletproofaction.com. Um, you know, we have covered several Roddy Piper movies on, on the site over the years. So you can check that out. And we've got some interesting things coming up in the month of March. Uh, I know I'll be covering The Vault, which didn't you see that already? I did. I watched it recently and I enjoyed it. I, I, I watched it with a group of people and uh, I didn't hear, you know, we had, we all, everyone critiqued something, but uh, there was uh, a lot of thumbs ups in the crowd. So a lot of people enjoyed it. Well, I'm looking forward to checking that out as well and bringing that review to everybody at bulletproofaction.com. Um, and we're going to have more wrestlers turned action stars right here on our next podcast. And up, oh, RTG has lost power. So that is where he has gone. So we're done with RTG for this episode. (laughs) Uh, Chad Cruz, any final words for everybody? Well, you know, I I implore you to go and check out the website at bulletproofaction.com. As we've said multiple times, uh, find us on YouTube at Bulletproof Media. Uh, Watch some videos. Let us know what you think of them. Leave some comments. um, Like the page, subscribe the page, all that good stuff. And then, uh, you know, just kind of, let us know what you want to see. Cause you know, we, we do our best to kind of stay current, you know, March is WrestleMania month, you know, WrestleMania week. We, we try to hit as many wrestling things as we can. So we try to stay as current as we can and, and we want to do what the people want to see. So uh, let us know what you think. As always, we encourage you to tell your friends about the Bulletproof podcast, share our links on social media. We want more listeners and we want you to continue to come back. So thank you for listening to this episode. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 